Hey everyone, this is Brandon Lyles. My wife Heidi and I pastor Living Word Northwest in Rogers, Minnesota. We hope what you're about to hear encourages you no matter what you're facing this week. We believe you'll experience Jesus wherever you're listening from right now. Enjoy the message. We're going to open the Word together. I've got like 10,000 Bible verses. I, don't, I encourage you to not even open your Bible today. You are just going to have to follow along on the screen because the Lord has given a revelation to my heart that has literally, and I am not a guy that, you know, I'm just as stubborn as the rest. This has changed my life. It's changed my marriage. It's changed uh, my parenting. And uh, the Lord downloaded it to me in about two days. And um, usually change like that takes a long time, typically, For me, it takes a long, long time because I can be so stubborn. This is something that has changed my life in a matter of days. Uh, So I believe that as I share it with you, uh, it will create transformation in the areas that you desire to see change. Amen? Uh, Is there anybody who can honestly say, and please don't give me one of those fake churchy, yeah, me too, pastor, but anybody who could really use some change in a couple areas of their lives? Thank you. Amen? I believe, I believe it. Psalm 37, chapter 16, it says this. Less is more and more is less. One righteous will outcast, outclass 50 wicked for the wicked are moral weaklings, but the righteous are God strong. God keeps track of the decent folk and they won't soon be forgotten. I love this. In hard times, they'll hold their heads high. When the shelves are bare, they'll be full. Hmm. This month's series, Less is More, the cheesiest thing that the Lord gave me for 2024 has become my life's mantra, once you, once you figure that. Less is more in 24. <laughs> I wrote these thoughts down, so just listen for a second. Less spending creates more saving. You're like, wow, this is going to be a deep series. (laughs) Less worrying creates more peace. Less calories creates more weight loss. Less clutter creates more clarity. Less is more, right? In marriage, less arguing creates more connection. Less talking creates more listening, and all the women said. Oh, wait. All the men said? All the men said... Less criticism creates more compliments. Less judgment creates more forgiveness. Less sarcasm creates more intimacy, right, babe? Less attitude creates more gratitude. Less is more, all right? In the Bible, it says the last shall be first. As I decrease, he increases. In my weakness, he is strong. Less is more. In my life, um, my mom would always tell me, you know, bless her heart. She's just like, Brandon, be yourself. Be yourself, which often meant less comparing myself to others and more accepting who I was. In our materialistic society, um, and really even in our word of faith circles, words like simplify and reduce and subtract are like Christian cuss words. You know what I'm saying? But in ministry... I found myself preaching about more word time, but that requires 
less screen time. I don't know. More church time requires less Netflix time. More spirit time requires less natural time. Um, with, a, with a less is more perspective, I've found for myself, especially recently in this revelation God has given me, um, with this less is more perspective, you can find joy in sorrow. You can find peace when things are really chaotic. And like David said, what we just read, in hard times, we can hold our heads high. So that's where we're going this month, okay? Um, Speaking of hard times, today's sermon is titled Dealing with Difficulties. Dealing with Difficulties. You all said amen to some things that you'd like to see changed in your life. I'm assuming most of those aren't like hair color or... You know, difficulties. Anybody? Uh, Dealing with difficult situations, uh, difficult people, which is probably 99.9% of most of what you're dealing with as a difficulty would be my estimation. Maybe dealing with difficult thoughts. There is no shortage of difficulties. In fact, sometimes in my life, I'm like, I have more difficulties and less not difficulties. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like it's backwards. And so in this kind of introduction to what I want to talk about today, um, I'm going to lay a foundation by giving you four just terribly ugly, worst, uh, gross, four true statements. If you are a note taker, this is your day. (laughs) This is your day with Brennan Lyles. Okay. Number one, when dealing with difficulties, you can rearrange them, but you can't change them. I can do all things. You can rearrange them, but you can't change them. 1 Peter 4.12 says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Second thing in this foundation that I'm trying to lay here, when dealing with difficulties, you can't control them. And all you control freaks like me just sigh. You can't control them, but you can control your attitude. Attitude is defined as a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. Don't take that attitude with me. Attitude. Number three, dealing with difficulties requires an attitude adjustment. When my Christian beliefs advise my attitude, it begins to change my behavior. And that behavior change is what impacts the difficulties around me. Number four, when dealing with difficulties... This is a statement I heard years ago. Belief produces attitude. Attitude produces behavior. And I hated hearing it, but now more than ever, I see how true it is. Belief produces attitude. Attitude produces behavior. John 3.36 says, whoever believes, belief, right, in the Son of Man has eternal life. That's the outcome. But whoever rejects, and most translations say disobey, the Son And that's a a behavior, amen? Disobedience is a behavior. Will not see life, 
which is the outcome we want, for God's wrath remains in them. I want life. So here's the foundation, and then we're going to get rolling. Number one, you can rearrange difficulties, right? But you can't change them. Number two, you can't control the difficulties, but you can control your attitude. Number three, dealing with difficulties requires an attitude adjustment. And number four, belief produces attitude. Attitude produces behavior. Let's talk attitude. Well, you're like, dear Lord, I thought I had this talk with my kids this morning. Now this guy's having it with me. Specifically, bad attitudes for everybody that thought that. There are... Um, These two points I want you to kind of digest. Point number one is a bad attitude separates us from God. And I know there are some people that that kind of doesn't sit well in your heart. So hear me out. Genesis 3.1. Here's a story of the Israelites. And as we all know, the the Israelites had bad attitudes. Genesis 3, 1, the serpent was the shrewdest of all, oh, excuse me, this is uh, Adam and Eve, I know. Uh, Marty's like, Genesis, right? (laughs) I jumped ahead of myself. Thank you, Marty. Adam and Eve had bad attitudes. Are you with me? Here we go. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So at this point, you have Eve who believes in the word she be- that, that God spoke to her. She believes what God says is true and it's life, right? She, she has an attitude of trust, not an attitude of doubt, right? It's pretty obvious here. And that is directing her behavior to obey God. Verse four comes along. Serpent says, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So here's her confrontation. Here's her difficulty, right? Here's that stick in the wheel of the bike that just is bringing everything to a screeching halt where a decision needs to be made. How will she respond to this difficulty? And that is a daily question that we all face, right? How am I going to respond or react to this difficulty? Story goes on in verse six. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate too. Her belief changed. Her belief in an all-knowing God changed. Might this serpent be wise like God? And then because her belief changed, her attitude of trust and commitment changed. Why would God keep me from such a beautiful and delicious tree anyway? doubt. And then her behavior changed, right? She flat out just disobeyed. She took the fruit, she ate the fruit, and even worse, she shared the fruit with her dopey husband. (laughs) Belief produces attitude, attitude produces behavior. And then in verse 7, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So, now, in, in like Christianity, we would say, you know, that's, that's of course. I mean, they, they should feel ashamed. 
not just because they were naked, but because they, they disobeyed God, right? You look at what they did, and, and it kind of makes sense, and we, it's easy to point the finger because it really is their fault, and that's why you listen to God, and that's why you're obedient. And, and yes, I would say that many of us Christians, um, we deal with these difficulties, um, but we're kind of like Eve ended up here. When you read further along in this account, uh, like Eve, we look around for a serpent to blame. Well, this is the devil. This is the enemy. Or this is that person who's acting like a devil. Yeah? Or this is that person. Or it's them. Or it's my situation. It's this cruddy job. It's the cruddy boss. It's, 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 it's my spouse. We're just, I mean, you know, it's the church. Eve used to walk with God. Think about this. She used to walk with God. She saw him face to face every single day. She tangibly experienced the goodness of God time and time again. But when difficulty came, her attitude took over and she chose doubt instead of trust. She chose disobedience instead of obedience. So now you ask, okay, so how does that separate her from God, right? Because God just doesn't leave us for making mistakes, Brandon. We have the New Testament. We have a new covenant. This this church has grace, and Jesus is good, and you just prayed about how no matter where we're at, we can still come to God. This is how it separated her from God. Verse 8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they, 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 they hid from the Lord among the trees. You see, God didn't hide from them. They hid. And God didn't leave them. They left. And God didn't separate himself from them. They separated themselves from him. A bad attitude separates us from God. Um, If you read on in the story of Adam and Eve, um, their attitudes intensified, right? What else did? Their difficulties intensified. Even their marriage blew up, proving point number two, a bad attitude separates us from the ones we love. You only hurt the ones you love. And it's a long list. Spouses, a bad attitude separates us from kids. Our kids can separate us from friends, coworkers, leaders. Why? Because no one wants to be around a bad attitude. No one wants to be around a bitter Betty or a negative Nancy or a crabby Karen. I, those are all women names. I don't know why that is. That's kind of interesting. But that, that's, that's what a bad attitude does. A bad attitude gets us to doubt the people that we once trusted. An attitude of doubt. A, a, a bad attitude gets us to complain about things that we were once thankful for. An attitude of complaining instead of an attitude of thanksgiving. A, a bad attitude gets us to covet things that we were once content with. A bad attitude gets us to criticize people that we once used to show love. 
A bad attitude pushes people away. And then we wonder, like, why don't I have any friends? Or why, why, why is my leader not giving me a promotion? Or, um, you know, <laughs> this is one I wrote down for myself. Why is my teenager always hiding from me? Right? Why does my spouse feel more like my roommate? A bad attitude separates us from the ones we love. So dealing with a bad attitude um, and really the resulting difficulties requires making a change. So the question is, are we trying to change the wrong thing? Are, are, you, are you trying hard to you know, look like a, Christ, a good Christian, right? Trying hard to read all the right books and listen to all the right podcasts, right? And I'm trying hard to have the good attitude. I'm trying hard to have the, the good behavior. I'm trying hard to change my schedule to make room. I'm trying hard to, you know, have energy and I'm going to change my diet. And here's the deal. God is not into makeovers. All this external stuff. He's into surgery, you know? He's not looking at the outside things and how can we change the outside things. He's saying, how can I crack open the heart and change what's on the inside, which is why I'm saying if you have experienced some of these difficulties that we've talked about today, I don't need to explain them to you. You know what you're experiencing as a difficulty, just like I know. I'm saying maybe the issue isn't that person on the outside or that position that you've been given on the outside or that outside battle that you seem to be facing. Maybe the issue is found on the inside of yourself, and maybe it's a bad attitude. I want to drop like five truth bombs that create positive change, Um, and I call them bombs because they definitely create change. Um, Number one, a change of attitude starts in the heart. A change of attitude starts in the heart. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil of treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So if you're wondering if you have a bad attitude, just turn to the person next to you and ask them. Turn to your spouse. Ask them. Who do you talk to the most? Ask them if you have a bad attitude. In fact, if you have to ask someone if you have a bad attitude, you probably have a bad attitude. I don't need to ask anybody. I know how good my attitude is. You know, but think about what, you, what you've been saying to them. Evaluate it for a second. What have I been saying? What have I been talking about? What have I constantly been venting about? Well, change your attitude. (laughs) Yeah, it's so easy, right? Questions I've been asking my heart. Am I I checking my heart before I speak? It maybe sounds kind of simple, but... Do I watch my mouth? Do I think before I speak? Many of us say, well, I think before I act. No, let's, let's take a step back. Do you think before you speak, before you open your mouth? Do you check your heart? Maybe a change in attitude would create a change in heart, would create then a change of words, which would then affect the difficulties around me. 
I would say it this way. Your circumstances don't define you. Your attitude does. Oh, how many times have I been up here just saying, my circumstances don't define me. Hallelujah, whatever chaos is going on on the outside. Oh, whoever's doing this to me and that to me. Oh, oh, those circumstances don't define me. No, but your attitude about them does. Because peace doesn't drop from heaven like a money bag. It's a choice. It's an attitude choice that we make. We choose to embrace because of what our belief says about peace, right? We don't start praying, oh, God, strike him dead, strike him dead, strike him dead, strike him dead, right? Because he won't do that. I mean, I do sometimes pray that, but he won't do that. He's saying, what can I change? What do I have access to, Brandon? Your heart. So if we can change what's going on out here, these people that I want struck dead, Man, I start seeing them a little bit differently. I'm able to start praying blessings in their life. Not because they changed anything, but because I changed something. It is not all on him. He did all he could do when he sent his son Jesus. It is all available to us. It requires a change on the inside of us. And we're just getting started on this, right? A change of attitude starts in the heart. Dropping a bomb number two. A change of attitude requires Prayers with no strings attached. And, and I've prayed this prayer, right? God, please change my attitude. You're so good. Change my attitude. And then nothing happens. And Heidi gets even more mad at me. So then I start bribing God with promises. Because God, I know when my attitude is changed, I can be the father and the husband that you want me to be. And then when that doesn't work, I try and entice him with really long confessions that I learned back when I loved works. And I'm like, if I say all these right confessions, I can bribe him into doing something in my life. I can test him and hold him accountable to his word. And then when that doesn't work, I beg him, like David, just like, oh my God, please do something or I'm going to (laughs) die. True prayer. Have you ever tried to change someone else's attitude? Like a teenager? You ever tried to change a teenager's attitude? It does not work. Why do we keep trying? It does not work. Changing someone else's attitude does not work, and I believe God's no different. He can't change your attitude. Only you can. Choose this day, life. I would say choose a good attitude. He gave us a choice. I'm free to be me. Love is love. I am who I say. Whatever you want to say. But God, change me. Do everything for me. I'm totally yours. No. He gave you a free will. You are, you are uh, uh, your own person. And you get to choose to change your attitude. With or without him. Um, he doesn't always want to like fix our attitudes. I think he wants us to fix our attitudes. Um, you know, oh, this, this is a roadmap. This is a roadmap for my life. Praise the Lord. I love the Bible. It's a roadmap for my life that I never follow because I have a crappy attitude. Uh, God doesn't always deliver us from disaster. 
That's a really encouraging message today. But, but why? Why doesn't he always deliver us from disaster? I've got two teenage sons. Um, and uh, for some reason, as part of the most tech-savvy generation to walk the planet, they don't know how to set an alarm clock for the morning. And so there's times where, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to walk out the door to go to work, and it's like, um, wait, is everybody at school yet? <laughs> and so, um, so they pray to their father, please, I need a ride to school today. And um, sometimes, you know, I can be kind of a butt, so I'll, I'll say no. You know, I, 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 but then I'm like, ah, oh, but they're not going to be in school. And, and, but when I say no, sometimes the response is, come on, dad, geez, it's not a big deal, right? Uh, which is a, a typical response. There's like a sudden attitude change, right? But as a father, in my opinion, and maybe this is fathers versus mothers, but in my opinion, there's a lesson to be learned, right? There's a long road that needs to be walked. <laughs> there is a, a responsibility that needs to be taken. And really, if, if we do that for our kids, that's kind of just a funny story. But if we, if we do that for our kids, I believe our Heavenly Father does that for us. I know this is what you want me to do, but it's not what you need. So take the long walk, Brandon. Take responsibility for your bad attitude, Brandon. Is there maybe a, a valuable lesson to be learned in this moment, in this difficulty? So Hebrews 12, 6 says, the Lord disciplines those he loves and he corrects each one he takes as his own. Mercy has a purpose and it's not always to deliver us from difficulties. Sometimes the greatest mercy of God comes when he doesn't respond to our prayers. Uh, What's that song? Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, right? A change of attitude requires prayers with no strings attached. The silence means you're thinking. That's what Heidi says. Uh, Before I move on, I just want to say something because I do hear some of you saying like, okay, so we're just supposed to suffer through life's difficulties. Wow, this is the best church ever. It doesn't sound like word of faith, right? That doesn't sound like a word of faith message. In Jeremiah 22, God is referenced as, anybody know this? The balm of Gilead, which is a beautiful picture of Jesus, a balm, a medicine. Here's the thing is you don't need a balm if you're not hurting, if you're not wounded. So maybe the only real change that we'll ever experience comes through the difficulties. And our Heavenly Father knows that. And He's not necessarily going to just pull us magically out of them because there is this life lesson that we need to learn. But the good news is, is that He is the balm of Gilead, which means as we're walking through those difficulties, He is bandaging our wounds. He is comforting us and bringing us strength where we need it so that we don't get knocked out. Amen? Think about Psalm 23, 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Why? For you are close beside me in the darkest valley. He is close beside us. There is 
No mercy mission here. He's not saying I'm going to drop the rescue copter and just like come and get you out of the darkest valley. He's just saying I'll be the balm of Gilead for you. I will sustain you. I will be your medicine in the midst of this difficult journey that you're on. Isn't that good news? Come on. Which brings me to my next truth bomb. Bomb three, a change of attitude takes a long time. I have seen miraculous things. I just saw it in my own life where it comes quick. I believe one of the reasons he does that with me is because he desires for me out of the abundance and the overflow of my heart and what he's doing in my life to minister that to you. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Fine. If you don't think that's true, you have a bad attitude, okay? Um, So I believe that it's not just what I'm going through, but what I'm experiencing through God is, is to connect with this community, My experience is not for the whole wide world, right? Honestly, don't care about them. I care about you. I care about the lost. Don't get me wrong. You know how much I love people. But I I, I feel like he gives me something quickly often because it's for us for now. A change of attitude takes a long time. A bad attitude is like the, the old man with the walker at the Target parking lot trying to get from his car to the, to the front doors. Um, it takes a long time. But eventually, he gets there. Uh, Here's the reason why. It's because bad attitudes don't develop overnight. You don't just wake up one day and be like, man, I feel like a jerk. And God, who can I criticize today? Yes. Why are you wearing your sunglasses on your head, deep? You know, like you don't just wake up that way. And contrary to popular belief, you're not born with a bad attitude. You do, there's no such thing as a bad attitude temperament. There's not a personality test that says, find out what bad attitude you have. I don't know why that sounded like Pee Wee Herman. Uh, uh, rest in peace. Um, A bad attitude takes time to form, and then once it forms, it becomes a habit because it's happened over and over and over in your life. Um, Maybe the progression started with your parents, right? And you decided never to forgive them for the way that they raised you and the mistakes that they made, and it started young. Or maybe that bad attitude started when you lost your first job, and you just decided to complain about that boss because of what they did. Or maybe your bad attitude started at your first uh, breakup and you just decided, I'm going to doubt every relationship after this. Or maybe your bad attitude started when you left your first church and you decided to criticize your pastor. I mean, that never happens here, but (laughs) it does. I just don't care. Maybe your attitude didn't sour because of one difficulty, but because of a million different choices to have a bad attitude over a long period of time. About the million different difficulties that we all face at some point in our life. And then we kind of brick by brick, we build this bad attitude. A change of attitude takes a long time. Bomb number four, a change of attitude takes repentance. And this is kind of a taboo word nowadays, unfortunately, in church. Um, 
Now, I think a lot of us would amen that. You know, amen, turn away from your old ways, embrace God's way, God's plan, God's plan, right? Um, say goodbye to sin, say hello to sanctification, and, you know, you say, I'm sorry, Lord, and, and ask for forgiveness, please forgive me, Lord, and then church lets out and you criticize your wife. You know what I'm saying? And, and then on Monday, you're complaining about coworkers, bad attitude. And then Tuesday, you're coveting your neighbor's car instead of being content with what God's already given you, right? Wednesday, you decide, man, I'm just gonna kind of, I'm gonna rebel against my boss a little bit and kind of show him that he can't control me. I mean, do, 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 do we ever repent to those people? Instead of just amening about, yeah, repent to the Lord. I mean, what a stinking attitude that we have. And then we wonder why life is so difficult. And why do I feel alone? And, and why does nothing go my way? And why aren't my prayers working? And we'll even create messages that say, well, it's because of your faith. You need to have more faith. No, it's not. It's because you've got a crappy attitude, bro. And people don't want to be around you. And you've hidden from God, who's sitting there trying to bless you, and you're just poo-pooing all over it because you can't keep your mouth shut, and you're critical. Just felt like I just like had one of those moments where, well, like, what do you see on this picture, Brandon? It's like an ink splotch. <laughs> the reason you have difficulties is because you have an attitude of pride. And you've been unwilling to repent, right? Because if you repent, you have to take responsibility for something. You have to admit your mistakes to someone and then decide to change your attitude. And you have to do that not just to God, but you actually have to, you have to do that to people around you. So, you know, sure, maybe you've tried to fix all the things on the outside and put, off, put out all the fires on the outside, but really we've been ignoring what's on the inside in an attempt to be right. And that's pride in an attempt to be in control, in an attempt to feel good about ourselves because we're in control. And we've got to just stop looking around outside and like pointing our finger at all these things and all these circumstances and all these difficulties and all these difficult people and all, you know, and, 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 and taking out our, our life's difficulties on our loved ones. You know, you ever been there? And, and do what the word says, which is just look to the Lord and repent. And repentance is a change of mind. It's a change to our belief system, which then changes our attitude, which then changes our behavior. So how? How do I repent? Um, how do I change? Numbers 21, 7 through 9, now to the Israelite story, Marty. You've got the Israelites, they're a bunch of boneheads, nothing's ever their fault. Wine, 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 complain, complain, complain. They've got like a 14-day journey that takes 40 years. Totally dumb. So in Numbers 21, verse 7, then the Israelites came to Moses and cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. Because these snakes were just... I mean, some manuscripts say that they were over like three feet, I mean, just thick of snakes just everywhere. And uh, 
verse 8, then the Lord told Moses, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. How do we repent? We look. And we don't have just this bronze statue to look at. We look at Jesus. We look at him. And when then you discover that maybe your difficulties were self-induced as a result of pride and a bad attitude and our unwillingness to change, then we're motivated to repent. So we simply look at Jesus for a change, for a change, just like the Israelites looked at that bronze snake. So, you know, we got to make a list. Check it twice. Find out who's naughty or nice. Have you, have you been bitten badly? Has somebody wounded you? Maybe somebody wounded you on the inside. Maybe you've hurt yourself with your own bad attitude, right? Or maybe you've hurt others with it too. Do some self-evaluation. I had to do this. It was a painful process. Are you too prideful to admit it? Then I'm telling you we need to heed the words of Jesus then because this isn't just an old covenant principle of repentance because in John 3, 14, Jesus said, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes, produces attitude, produces behavior in him, will have eternal life. So we have to trade this attitude of pride for an attitude of humility. Not by pretending the difficulties aren't there, right? Ah, the joy of the Lord is my strength, oh, right? Like, I'm not sad, I'm not sick, nothing's... A- Peewee, it's like the spirit of peewees in here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame everyone else for the difficulties, right? Don't ask God to change everything. This is our choice. This is your choice. You can change your bad attitude. You can can choose to change the bad attitude. You can choose to look at Jesus. You can choose. You get the choice to repent to your Savior. You get the choice to repent to your loved ones. You get the choice to receive grace for all the damage that might have been done because of a bad attitude. A change of attitude takes repentance. And, and I just want to say, this isn't like a sermon or a series just like about works and working harder to have a good attitude or less, less, less sucking and more being better. You know what I mean? This isn't like a, uh, this, is, this is 2 Corinthians 3. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. My last truth bomb number five, a change of attitude starts with Jesus. Jesus is the focus. Jesus is that living word. Jesus is kind of the heart oil to fuel the fire of change on the inside of us. He's our first choice above our bad 
attitudes, amen? This is Jesus, and that's why we're here today, right? We're here to focus on Jesus. We're here to experience Jesus. We're here to come together, and all of us say, yeah, I can relate to this a little bit, at least a little bit, but then we say, but we are here to be changed and transformed into his glorious image, even with our attitudes, not just on the outside, but on the inside, right? Choosing a good attitude daily, choosing to look at Jesus daily. It's a journey. It's not a destination. Choosing to allow him to work in us daily, no matter what difficulties we have, we have, we will, we will deal with. And it's seemingly impossible, but you know, the word says that with God, all things are possible. And I believe he doesn't just move uh, mountains outside of us. He can move those mountains on the inside of us, right? And let's just, let's just play that out a little bit. So you have a man, a husband, a father, and he hits the end of his rope and he looks to Jesus, right? And, and, and Jesus gives him that, that thing that he just needed in the 11th hour, and it changes something on the inside. And it changes his attitude, which then what? It changes his relationship with his wife, which then what? Changes their relationship with their children, which then what? Changes really history, the future, right? Because our children are the ones that are really out there in the world fighting that fight. Why? Because I had to look at Jesus and say, it's not this person's fault or that person's fault. It's not because of this or that or him or her. I had to open my heart, right, and let him examine my heart, do some internal surgery beneath the surface, and finally be man enough to say, this has been my fault, and not God will you please change me? But God, I'm ready to choose to make some changes that you've laid out for me thousands of years ago. But my bad attitude has kept me from embracing and implementing them in my life for my sake and my relationship with him because a bad attitude separates us from God. For my wife's sake and my kids' sake, because a bad attitude separates us from others. What I love about God is I went to pursue him for, my, for myself. You know, you hit the end of your rope and you're like, what should I do? I don't know what to do. Nine times out of ten, what the Lord gives me is, is for a sermon, you know, and you kind of get in a habit of that. And so I was taking notes and I was reading and I was writing and I was listening and nine hours and I had to go back nine hours and reread and rewrite and re-listen to everything and change those notes from we to me. I need to do this. I need to change this. Not for you, because my bad attitude was separating me from God. And it was separating me from the people that I love the most. 
And that change is going to take a long time because, you know, I was, I was born out of the womb criticizing my mother for how long it took. I, you know, I've been a critical person for a long time. And those that know me are laughing. Complained. I got paid to criticize, right? I was a service producer. I'd go into church. Dumb, dumb, wrong, wrong, ugly, ugly. That sounds terrible. That looks terrible. Fire them all, right? I got paid to do that. It was awesome. But it was not good. (laughs) And so as God's unwinding this in me, I'm going to ask you to just look inside of your heart and say, are there some difficulties that I'm facing that I can't magically make go away in a prayer line necessarily, but that God can change my perspective of what's on the inside and that belief can rise up. Instead of having an attitude of doubt, I can have an attitude of faith and then I can start speaking genuinely from that perspective and start to see that as I've changed my attitude, right? As I've changed my attitude, I can see that it's going to affect and impact people on the outside and those difficulties that are on the outside. Amen? Father, right now, I thank you that you have initiated this journey for all of us. And I thank you because I know that your spirit will be the fuel that just helps this fire on the inside of us burn and motivate us and and, and just continue to move us forward into knowing you deeper. God, I ask for a revelation of your love so that as we all step out onto the water, we know that no matter how uncomfortable or dangerous or confusing it feels, that if we start to sink, Father, it's not our job to swim, but Jesus, you will reach down, pull us up back on top of those waves so that we can keep moving forward with what you have initiated on the inside of us, on the inside of this church. And may it not be just for our own benefit, but may it benefit our marriages. May it benefit our children. May it benefit our coworkers and bless our bosses. May it be pleasing to you, Lord, and may it make an impact in our living rooms, in our city, in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for listening today. I'm normally not this mean. No, I am. I'm usually this mean, but come back again um, next week and we'll continue this series. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to what God has put on our hearts. If you need someone to pray with you or for you, join Heidi and I Monday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook. And just know we're grateful to the Lord that he's given us this time with you. God bless.